What's good, everybody, and welcome back to Seventh Haven. This episode, we're talking about something universal, something that we all have experienced, and that issue, and that is issues with mental health. It's something we all have to deal with. Yet it's also a very personal experience. That's why I wanted to learn from others about how it manifests in their lives, what triggers them, and how they ultimately deal with it. I've got two new people on this episode. First, Alex Chen, which I mentioned before, but he's my good graphic design artist friend who created the artwork for this podcast. So big shout outs to him. And James Kong. He's a former roommate and he's a friend who's up to really big things in his life. So thank you for coming on. I brought them on because I think they are extremely insightful and relatable and could bring a lot to this conversation. Also, full disclaimer, I am no expert on the subject of mental health. Myself and my guests are speaking purely from our own experience, and we're not saying our way is the, is the way or the best way or the right way. I've come to understand that mental health is a spectrum, like a lot of things are, and I think that what you hear from the different people on this podcast will solidify that. Uh, the saying, be kind because we're all fighting our own battles, while cliche, I think it definitely comes to the forefront in my mind when talking about mental health. We all experience things like anxiety, stress, depression, in varying degrees. Whether that not be wanting to get out of bed in the morning, to even losing the feeling to want to live. And I want to acknowledge that, though, that all those experiences are no less valid or real than any other. I'm not trying to play the oppression Olympics here. So my hope is that you are able to become more aware of the state of your mental health in your own lives, understanding that it's okay to feel how you feel, while at the same time gaining new ways to handle, handle it, and finally, and most importantly, that you are not alone in this. Just a call back to episode one in my first intro where I mentioned that here on this podcast, all vibes okay. And I think that definitely applies for this episode. So I think it's a little bit, because of the subject matter, it's going to get a little bit heavier. That's not to say that it's going to be strictly heavy the whole way through. There's, it's a roller coaster, but again, you know, this is what I wanted. I wanted to be able to talk about these things on a deeper level with different people. So here we go. Seventh Haven Podcast, Episode 3. Let's get it.
everybody. Uh, this is RJ Saturno, and welcome back to the Seventh Haven podcast. It's episode three, and I have some old guests. I have some new guests. Um, but before I introduce them, I just want to remind everybody like what this podcast is all about. Again, so this podcast is an opportunity for me to uh, deeply connect with my community and the people around me in a different way, in a way that we don't normally talk about, uh, not a normal way that we interact. Uh, I wanted this to be a platform for me to be able to share with them, connect with them, and learn about them, and also in turn vice versa. So getting that all out of the way, I got uh, two of my usual su suspects out here right now. We got your boy Jesse Lamb. Say what's up. What's up? Then we got the Huang over himself, Wilson. Yo, that's an interesting name. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's from the PG uh, movie. Oh, uh, nice. Yeah, I wrote, I drew Mr. Uh, Ken Jong. Ah. <laughs> so okay. yeah. Anyways, and now we have two special guests. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, first, the person, if you see the logo on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all, and whatever podcast platform you use, he did the logo and the artwork. He is a friend of mine. I've known him since elementary school. Let me introduce Mr. Alex Chen. So Good to be here. <laughs> okay, I caught myself. <laughs> yeah, you got it, you got it. That's technology. Self kill. Yeah. Self kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need this. <laughs> Don't spoil the topic. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Topic is a motto. All right, and then finally. Alex always says that. It's the motto. Finally, finally, we have this guy right here. He's been he's up to some crazy stuff. I used to live with him when I was living in San Francisco. Super ambitious guy, fearless. Let me introduce you to James. There you go. There you go. Yeah. No, I'm not gonna edit it out. Maybe we'll see. Anyways. So today I brought you all out here because I want to talk about something that I imagine not only we but like you know everybody deals with, and that's uh, mental health. Um, when you normally think about mental health, I think people, especially like in the Asian American community, American community, it's a very taboo thing, right? Like, you know, we don't talk about it. It's not something that's really, you know, addressed. But I think it's something that is a very real thing for us. And it's especially hard for us to recognize it, right, in life. You kind of think about it as, you know, you just dealing with stress or you're just a little anxious or there's just some existential dread that's just like bugging you. But yeah, I mean... Those things are real. I don't think they should be dismissed. I don't think it's uh, something that can be put under the rug anymore. And I think by talking about it, we can, you know, gain some more insight on it. And hopefully, you know, you guys will be able to learn about stuff too. So let's get started. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is like how your experience of like mental health, like how does it manifest in your life? Uh, whether it's in the past or is it it's current, um, but yeah, let's talk about it. Whoever wants to go first. Hmm. You want to go first or me? Uh, okay, sure. I, I can talk about. 
so it, my experience is generally I'm a, I'm a person that likes to think a lot. And so I, uh, I generally uh, try to apply thinking to everything I do. And then I have a tendency to try and think about things that have no solution from thinking. And, uh, and I find myself stuck. Uh, I become, uh, what is it called? It's like a ruminate? I, I ruminate. I, I, so like the two biggest things that generally happen to me, and I'll just say one for now, uh, is I maybe make a social flub, and then I go home, and I think about what I should have done for the next three hours. So that's, that's one thing that happens to me. And like, what does it do specifically? What's the experience of that? Like, how do you feel while you're thinking these things? Or what are you thinking about? What am I thinking about? I'm thinking about, well, yeah, it's generally the, the experience of beating yourself up. I think about the one mistake I made, and I'm like, damn it, James. Why'd you do that? Why'd you do that? And then I ask myself why I did it, and then, and, and then I think, oh, uh, here's what I should have done, blah, 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 blah. And I, but I find myself just thinking about it over and over again. Uh, and, you know, this, this, this used to be more of a problem, but, uh, but yeah, that's one of the experiences that I've had in mental health. I get that. I get that. Yeah. yeah. yeah I kind of like that, too. Like, like, even, like, now, like, I learned to, like, like control it better, but like sometimes I like do something or get like a social situation, and then like later when I get back home, like either I'm like in bed or I'm in the shower, I'm like replaying the event in my head over and over, and or, or I like overthink it, like saying like oh maybe that per- I thought that person uh, was enjoying the conversation, but maybe I'm second guessing that, and then that kind of like starts bugging at me, and then it takes like a couple of days, but you know, but yeah, I can kind of see what you mean by that. Cause it's like, cause I guess for me it's also like, sometimes it feels like uh, you're putting in, you're filling in someone else's thoughts of their perceptions of you. And that's what kind of like drags me down with when like, like anxiety kind of hits. You know, you're, you're, you're putting in all these like negative thoughts that other people have for you that you obviously have no cognizance into because you can't really think into their mind. But your mind kind of just thinks that, you know, it's like, oh my, it's like, they must think I'm a freaking idiot and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, we should have done this differently. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe I shouldn't have said that. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, it does, it does get to me a lot. But one of the things I try to do is, like, try to, like, I guess, I don't, I don't know if it's, like, distraction, but I try to think about something else. Because I think in the back of my mind, and it's just, like, maybe I'm just, like, this is all just my imagination. You know, maybe I'm just thinking this way, but that doesn't mean it's actually happened. Like, it's not, you know, it wasn't real. And, you know, and then, oh, I try to think about something else that's, like, a bit more positive, like saying, oh, so maybe that one part of the conversation didn't go well, but the other parts went well. As well. Went well. So maybe, I guess, this kind of offsets it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, I try to, like, make it more even. And I, I, don't know, I find that that kind of helps me a bit. Otherwise, I'm just wallowing in self-pity for the next week or so. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there. Interesting. So, well, I mean, I just say that 
the first one I, I don't I don't quite recall. The second one is, um, well, uh, go go ahead. We'll, we'll circle back. Don't worry. Right. Don't worry. Right. We'll circle back. Um, I think like for me, I think about myself as having two two personas inside me. It's like the first one is I might have done something or I'm experiencing something that makes me feel, you know, uh, sad or anxious or whatever it may be. And the other is that voice inside me that I, I consider it, it's like either me in the future or the more mature version of myself as to how, what that person would do to get past this. It's like that voice would just tell me, it's like, oh, this thing you're experiencing right now it doesn't really matter in the long run, uh, or it's like uh, you're overthinking this and you're taking too much time. You could be more productive by doing something else. So I've almost kind of given it life inside myself, where and that's how I get past like really tough things. Um, is I try to separate the weak from the strong internally. Hmm. It's not easy. <laughs> it doesn't always work. But, yeah. uh, helps helps quite a bit. There you go. That's the thing. Like every little thing, it may not be like the actual solution, but it kind of helps. You know, because I feel like something like depression or, or anxiety is just something that you kind of have to carry. But something I'm starting to realize is that it never really leaves. It kind of you just kind of have to like carry it with you. And so finding like ways or tips to try like lessen that burden as you continue along this journey is, like, like you said, every little bit helps. You yeah, know, I think the most I kind of realize as I got older. I think the most important thing to realize about like depression and anxiety is that you're not alone. Like millions of people experience this every day, and like initially, if in particular if you're young and it's like the first time you're experiencing depression, and you have no idea, you like you think it's only you. And that's the, the hardest part. Like once you make that realization that it's something a lot of people struggle with and you're not really unique and that there are people that have overcome it, uh, people who cope with it, um, and people out there who can help you with it, like that's, that's the moment when you realize you can beat it. And that's like the most, the most powerful thing about like facing some mental health issues is that understanding that you're not unique in this sense. That's yeah. That's really interesting. It's uh, it, it what you yeah. What you said right there is you know, many people are going through it, and look at these success stories. People have overcome it. There is a path forward. You you have hope, and and then uh, that's I feel like um, in a lot of ways that's that's really all you need to kind of keep pushing forward. Yeah, it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm kind of like remembering like the first time I like dealt with something like mental health like uh, like back in high school I think around like junior year of high school I had like a like a kind of I don't know like mental breakdown because um, there was like a lot of pre- there's a lot of pressure from like you know my parents trying to do well in school um, you know high school you're trying to figure out who you are as a person and also your future at the same time and during that period, um, you know, I was very naive, very gullible. It's kind of like just falling whatever my parents, you know, told me to do. Like, you should go to like Stanford, you should be like a doctor and all that stuff. But the thing is, it's like 
that wasn't what I wanted, but I didn't really realize that because I just did whatever people told me. And so in junior high school, when you know when everything started falling apart, uh, I just broke down. I you know I just sunk into a really deep depression that I just couldn't get out of, and it's like I thought about it. The best way to describe the people, we never really don't really know what I'm talking about, and. Because a lot of people, they think this depression is, oh, I just feel sad, you know, and that was it. Uh, but to me, I feel like depression is kind of like you're in a room, kind of like this room, but there's no window and there's no door. And, you know, you're just kind of trapped in the room and you're like screaming and you're like crying out, but no one can hear you and you can't find like an exit. And so even though there may be an exit door, you can't, you can't see it. You know, you're kind of just trapped. So it's, to me, that's what depression felt like, you know. So even though, you know, you're, you know, you're right, we're not alone, but when you're in that room, you feel like you're alone. And that's really hard to, like, get out of because you don't see the exit. So. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to... I'm glad you brought that up because I want... If you guys could, like, cite examples, like, I want people... I want to hear like what it feels like maybe it's more specific you could get more a little more specific if you want like for example for me there's a point in time in my life that i was let's, let's just say i was party partying a lot and i think the side effects of that caused me to i think i didn't realize it before but i remember i would like go out less I wouldn't want to do things because I think when the experience of going out in the public felt like everybody was looking at me and everybody was judging me and I was like I was perceived as a real threat I was treated like a, an other like they yeah super everyone was super judgmental and questioning everything that I'm doing like wondering what are you doing here and it felt like really like people talk about I felt like it was like life-threatening to me. Me being outside was scary in a very real way. Driving in my car, I'd be fearing like people, am I driving correctly? Am I in the right lane? I don't wanna, I don't wanna disturb anybody. I don't wanna be in the presence of anybody. Let me live my life as small as possible. Because I don't know what it was, but something in my brain that was telling me that, you know, was like, you know, the world's danger, dang like everything's dangerous. And like it's inexplicable and like you know you think about it thinking back thinking back on it now yeah it's just like where does that come from i don't know but it just felt really real and you don't see it right it's all about the one thing that i'll say is like when you say you're trapped in a room i think that's correct because i feel like you live in your mind solely you're not really thinking about what's out there in your head you're I'm, i was thinking everything's a threat and I'm going to like make sure, I was acting out of like survival. It was all in my brain, like everything was like, you know, but I'm not gonna know. Like how am I supposed to know what it's really like out there when I'm living in here all the time? So it's like this weird simulation, like you talk about, you're just beating yourself over and over. Me, it's just more like danger, 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 everything. Like anything could trigger me, right? Like somebody questions me about work, like, oh, why didn't you do this? Like, you know, what are you telling me? Are you telling me that I ain't shit? Like, you know, it's, it's very interesting. You kind of get into defense mode, like you're a caged animal. So like, <laughs> do you have anything like that? Very interesting. Yeah. 
Because I like to know, like, I want people to, like, relate, like, maybe they felt like that way. Like, Alex says, trapped in a room, I felt like the world was out to get me. Yeah, I, I guess for me, uh, like, so, uh, earlier in the year, I had, I had experienced, uh, I guess I, I didn't know, but I guess, you know, I spoke to a doctor, <laughs> and it, it helped a lot. That's a good tip. I, I think Go to the doctor, people. Tip number one. <laughs> yeah. Talk to talk to a doctor. So I, I was diagnosed with um, pretty heavy depression early in the year, um, and it, it, I think one of the biggest things that helped was actually just being told, because it's, it's like, you know, you, you, you're not sure what's wrong, you know, for me, I was just always an empty husk, like, you know, there would be weekends where I just sit at my chair, I'm like, maybe trying to think of what game to play, what to watch, nothing interests me, I don't want to do anything, like, I'm constantly just, like, fiddling with the idea of wanting to do something and not wanting to do something in, in like, a whole day or weekend, it's just gone like that, <laughs> you know, and so, you know, it, it, it helped, you know, like, just, and somebody can get that information and figure out where to go from there. Um, but yeah, it, it really felt like, you know, you were just being carried along by the stream. You kind of just were floating there. There wasn't any thought of swimming. You knew that you could swim out of the stream, you can get out of it, but you just, you just couldn't help but like be in the current. And then, you know, you, you know it would be nicer to not be there, but somehow it just keeps flowing. You're just there. <laughs> I guess that's the most that I can say. It just feels like you're there and nothing else really has much of an effect on you. Was there a reason why you felt like like had depression? Like, did you imagine like, oh, it down? Or? It was random, actually. Uh, I went for a physical and she, and she just was like, this year uh, we're changing things up. Part of the physical is that we're doing a uh, mental health examination for depression for everyone. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's new. Well, yeah. That's very what new. doctor you go to? Uh, what medical? Boom. Uh, yeah. Unsponsored uh, plug. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, um, I'm going to say Matt and Paul, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was basically it. it. It was just like, I mean, un until that, I didn't, it just, I don't know. I was so, I, I like wanted an out from everything, but I also didn't have the fight or energy to take the out in any way. Um, I had a, it was trying to just me trying to figure out what was wrong. Like, why am I not like who I used to be? Why do I feel like this different person right now? Um, you know, nothing seems, nothing I can do at work is fulfilling. Whatever is like, I'm feeling right now is definitely affecting like my actual work productivity. I think that was always one of the big kickers that I noticed people mm -hmm. mentioning. When it affects your work is when kind of like you should take note of it. Interesting. So I'm seeing like a lot of uh, different experiences, right? You have it can range from you know, you know, real dangerous, life-threatening feelings to. Something like as easy as like you know like a lack of zest for life or like just you know boredom ennui you know. Uh, do you have any ex specific examples, Wilson? Uh, well, I mean, Jesse and I work in player support, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I mean, I, 
I guess I should probably elaborate yes. on that a little bit. But <laughs> please you know, if you have if you're in charge of a game community full of players and they're unhappy about something, they're gonna be directing their unhappiness and frustrations at you. Like so if you're coming into work every day and that's like one of the things that you always see, it it takes a mental toll on you. Because, oh, yeah. Like I understand that they're not angry at me specifically, uh, but they can direct that anger at me, <laughs> like because you can't literally at and then someone's name, so it, it becomes a little more personal. And um, the thing to kind of get past is to understand that like you just don't have the tools to solve the problems, but you have the power to tell other people that hey, this is a problem, and we should probably do something about it. Uh, that being said, it's it is still really difficult um, because you know on the internet you're anonymous um, and so a lot of people they don't really care about like being socially polite or anything like that. They'll call you names. They'll uh, I mean if it gets really bad they'll dox you, but yeah, that's like a, a different topic. Right. So it is kind of scary. Um, like what what goes on there. Um, yeah, I mean that's the most relevant thing to me like right now yeah. uh, in terms of like trying to you know, day by day um, make sure I don't go crazy from just angry people uh, knocking on my door all the time. Mm-hmm. Get that. You know, yeah, that's the thing with customer service. It's just like you have to, you kind of just like a punching bag. You just kind of take the, the blunt of it mm-hmm. and it's just in some ways you're the punching bag but also the therapist. To them, because mm-hmm. I've got trained in customer service, so I kind of know what you know they have to go through, and it's really just the one thing that we've been told is just listen, you know, because they're only calling you just to vent out their emotions and frustrations. So the only thing you can do is try to be calm and just kind of like take it, which is you know maybe once in a while it's okay, but when it's like a constant stream, it's just it just you know breaks you down. So it's it's a rough job. So you know. Players, be nice. <laughs> Unsponsored plug. Yeah. Uh, you know, you, you talk about that, and and uh, I'm, I'm looking up there, and I'm seeing, I'm seeing, you know, how do you deal? Um, Don't jump ahead. Don't jump ahead. <laughs> okay. Can I, can I can I mention this? Yeah, you can mention. I'm playing. But. Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> well, I mean, talk about whatever, man. Talk about yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. It's. It's, it's also interesting talking about these things because uh, once we understand that, this is something that I've kind of thought through recently, which is like, once you understand that, you know, you're not the only person going through issues um, and you see other people going through issues, then you start to be able to apply like their, what they're going through to their actions, right? Then you, if someone is say, like just really unhappy with how their life is going, they might walk into a store and take it out on the on the on the cashier, right? And then you take that, you see a person yelling at you. This is how I like to deal with this. You see the person yelling at you, and and I don't see a person that's actively trying to be angry at me. I see a person who's hurt and going through a bunch of shit, and he is trying to cope with that right now. And so. So my response is not like in, in indignation and like and like uh, 
being like, a, like, how dare this person? It's me being like, I wonder what he's going through. So, yeah, yeah it's like having empathy for other people. You know, trying to like understand, you know, kind of reminds me of like one book, like To Kill a Mockingbird. It's like, uh, you don't really know a person until you like, walk a mile in their shoe. And even though I read that book like, a very, very long time ago, it's like I still remember that line because like whenever I feel something like takes it out on me emotionally from at work or like in personal life, it's just like I, at first I'm like shocked, yeah. But then later I don't, I don't usually get angry unless it's like something really messed up. Then you know we'll get angry. But most of the time, the, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, why did they do that and what did they go through to make them want to do that? You know, it's just. It's kind of like, I guess it's kind of like a, like a curb, like some kind of like logical curb, uh, before like lashing out emotionally, trying to like figure something out before like, you know, bursting out in anger or something like that, you know. And I don't know if that's just because I was taught that way or I kind of put that in my mind, um, but uh, that's how I try to like deal with something like that. I mean, could you say that it's, I mean, there's the cliche, you know, be kind because everyone's fighting battles. You see on Instagram and Twitter all the time. Mm -hmm. um, but do you think that your experience with mental health issues allows you to be empathetic and compassionate about others, knowing full well that they could be experiencing those things too? Do you think that's, because I feel like that's something, you probably wouldn't, if like, let's say five-year-old you encountered that, I don't think that person would logically go first step, what is wrong with them? <laughs> what are they dealing with? <laughs> it's usually like, fuck you. Why are you, why are you acting like this? <laughs> right? Do you think yeah. it's something like, you know, something that you, you that, that's gained? I, yeah, I think so. It's something you either gain or it's taught to you or it's something that you learn, you know, by personal experience. Cause I, don't, I don't think, I don't know, maybe a bit of a leap here, but I don't think people like learn kindness and tolerance, you know, I, and this is my own personal philosophy, but I feel like, you know, when we were born, we're kind of like animals, you know, we, you know, baby, we're like very raw, very emotional, we just, you know, things don't go away, we just kick and scream and yell and shout, um, but it's only until we get older and maybe by parents or by mentors that we're taught to be like kind to others. You know, to be more tolerant, to be more open-minded, you know, that's something that we have to learn. So it's, I think by itself, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't have learned that, you know, it's, I, I don't know, maybe it's like it's, a... It's not something developed, it's something you learn. Yeah, yeah, I think something that, that's how society is formed, it's like, yeah. so we're like a whole group of people together, we should try to find a way to try to like, you know, cooperate, mm -hmm. you know, so... These are like the, the lessons that we should learn, so. Yeah. And I do feel like, uh, to that note that, you know, uh, people do internalize the ways that other people have helped them diffuse those negative emotions. I guess like, uh, like that, because it's like, I think that's one of the main ways I think some people learn how to show that com like kind of compassion or help for others. Uh, like one of the main things that helped me like before was that my brother, uh, well, he did actually really help. Like, I would tell him everything that got me really down, what I was really stressed about, all the things I had anxiety. And then basically all he did was just say, you know what, you know, what, back in 09 when the, when the recession, or 08, 09 when the recession hit, 
He was kind of the same thing. He didn't really know what he was doing with himself. Um, job was kind of going nowhere. He got fired. Um, but his but his main thing was like, you know, I don't have an answer for you, but I'm gonna tell you now that you know I, everything you're feeling, I felt it now, or I felt it then, and that's kind of it helped a lot because he didn't. I think I wasn't really looking for an answer. I was yeah. looking for somebody to just like wallow with me for a little bit or like to to get me. I think that was the main thing right because like sometimes we instinctively want to provide answers when sometimes people just need companionship yeah yeah I mean yeah like sometimes you don't want a solution you just want someone to listen right who will, who will like listen to you yeah because yeah, it feels like it feels sorry it feels good to like just talk it out mm-hmm. you know and it's just like even though we don't know what's ahead of us or you know what there's no answer to the question just the fact that you can air it out and get it out of you it's like you know it just it like somehow ease the burden a little bit you know so what I'm kind of hearing then is the common theme is awareness I think the things you talk about is you know talk about I don't want somebody to give me answers I want people to either listen to me or be there for me, telling me that I've been there. So it's like generating awareness, right? So I'm kind of wondering then, the next question for you guys is like, what, how, just to get people more aware of these things so that, you know, they're, so that they can, you know, build their awareness and like, you know, deal with things properly or whatever, whatever at least be aware of it, right? Be more compassionate so they can be more empathetic and all that stuff. Like what triggers you? What is it, or what are the symptoms that show up when you're like, like, what does it look like for you? Or like, what triggers you? Like, what is it? Like, for, um, like for example, for me, like, when my, when my, uh, when my dad uh, or my mom or anybody asks me, oh, when are you getting married? When are you going to have babies? Oh, you're, uh, when are you going to, you're going to buy a new car? Your cousin just bought a Beamer. That's, that triggers me. Right, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, like, he get a car. I'm always like trying to be optimistic when that happens. Like, oh yeah, great, that's good for them. And then see, it's like, what's your response? You can either be like, one, confused to that response, or two, be a dick about it and be like, how come you don't have one? It's like, oh, then you can say something like, I have other priorities that are more important at the moment. It's like, I don't know. You don't want to feed into those those kind of things that can make you even more angry or sad or, or depressed or things like that. Yeah, yeah. but it's hard because like, I'm, specifically let's say, since we're all Asian American here, starting mm-hmm. at you guys. Uh, <laughs> but, <laughs> okay, okay. but this idea, like we grew up, you know, the model minority, we're supposed to be engineers, we're supposed to be lawyers, we're supposed to be rich and successful and, you know, go to Ivy League schools and all that other jazz, right? <laughs> so we have I a benchmark. <laughs> so there's this benchmark, right, that we've been sold all our lives. This is what you should do. And when you don't meet those marks, you have to see the gap. And you have to see that gap every day. And I think at first you're like, you know, whatever, that's not your life. You know, it's like, I'm trying to live my life. But you know how hard that is? You're programmed since you were born to feel this way, that this is the way life should be. And then now your life is not going that direction. You feel wrong. You feel not good enough. Mm-hmm. So finding that gap, I think that's one thing that you notice too. It's not like this feeling of, you, you could say it's this feeling of inadequacy. I'm not feeling good enough. But it's, it's, it goes deeper than that. 
you feel like you literally feel like a failure. You feel like you're not what you're supposed to be. Like you're defective, and that does some. I think that does some, some something to people. You know, like it weighs heavy. Yeah, um, I mean, it, 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 I mean, it almost took me down in high school. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. So like, yeah. what are those things like? You know, like things that you don't normally. All right, you know, that's just like life sucks. You know, like you just gotta deal with it. But like, what are those things? I mean, going off from what you just said, like it's kind of like brought back to how I managed to get out of that, you know, that that breakdown, and it's trying to remember because I think part of it I kind of like pushed in the back of my mind because I didn't want to think about it anymore. But I think one of the things that got me out of it was I kind of took a hard look at myself, and I kind of saw what I was becoming, and then I started asking myself like, what would make me happy, and so I started like thinking about different things like oh you know games movies music but then another thing was like all travel food seeing new places and the thing I probably should mention too was like during that time I was also suicidal mm-hmm. you know I had to see like a psychiatrist you know a therapist I was on antidepressants you know I was, so you know it's kind of like the drugs just kind of kept me even but it didn't really provide like a solution um, so, so, so during that time when I was asking myself what would make myself happy, I was, one thing I started noticing is like all these things I like or I want to do, but I can't do them if I'm dead. Mm-hmm. And that kind of, kind of slow, slowly but surely gave me the strength to like, you know, like to get me, to get myself out of that hole. Because there's so much thing, so much that I want to do, but I can't do it if I'm, if I'm gone. So it's kind of like a small step forward, but it was a step. It was a step forward, though. So I just remember recalling that now. So yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. Interesting, you bring that point up because I'm actually I'm actually also on antidepressants at the moment. Oh man, uh, it's interesting because, like you said, it, it it kind of brings you back to a normal baseline, but it doesn't like it's not. It's not a it's not a fix to the thing. Yeah, you feel neutral. You feel like yeah, way. right. You yeah. feel kind of back to a baseline, but it's still there's still work on your end to like kind of take you past that. Yeah, um, you feel stable, but it's like yeah, that's about it. That's about all it'll do, yeah. Because you you still need to like exercise or do whatever to help you like kind of bring you back up to there. Yeah, I kind of think of it like is would you say it's like covering up the symptoms? It's like cold medicine when you have a cold. It's just it just, uh, it just makes you. F- it makes the the feelings go away, but you still need to do that deeper work. Work, you say. Yeah. Well, it's yeah, kind of. It's it's like it takes you to, it like helps you deal with the symptoms. Enough to be able to do the things that can pos- like the external things that can potentially help you alleviate it. Like, you know, it could like kind of hold those thoughts at bay for just enough time for you to kind of. You know, muster up the energy. Like you know, today I'm gonna to start running. You know, get start doing that exercise, or kind of like in Alex's case, you know, today I'm gonna to start trying down all these things and reasoning them. Yeah, like into the presence. Going back to the trapped room like metaphor, it's just like depression is the trapped room, but antidepressant is like you kind of see like a drawing of a window. You know? So it's like even though you're not out of it yet, you kind of see a way out. But you still have to find a way to do that. So, 
Yeah, it's not it's not a cure all. You know, yeah. it doesn't fix everything. You still have, there's still a lot of work that needs to be done, but it can kind of help you out. You know, mm-hmm. it's like trying to reach the top of the cookie jar so you get like a <laughs> step ladder. <laughs> 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 yeah. I think we're talking about like like where the sources of of like our mental health issues come from, and I think a big part of it is environment. Um, so. Uh, and I don't. I know some people that this is actually affecting, like right now. I'm not gonna name names, obviously, but uh, I think when you're in an environment that can cause you to feel anxious, uh, feel unproductive, feel kind of trapped, and that, that's a really, that's a really big factor. Um, I know I felt that like years ago, and to be honest, I'm, I kind of blocked it out, so I, I'm kind of struggling to remember the details. But one of the reasons why I moved out here uh, into the Bay Area was because of that, because I felt too stagnant, and I knew it was getting to me uh, back where I used to live, like up in Sacramento. And so changing an environment and changing like where you are kind of wakes you up in a way, because then you're, you're entering a new, new mode where you're like, oh, crap, uh, this is not what I'm used to, and I need to like cope with this, like, fresh environment that I could potentially remake myself anew. So I think changing environments is super important, uh, but recognizing that that's the case is also kind of tough. Like, yeah, I don't know if you guys kind of have any thoughts on that one. No, I do have a thought. I was, I'm wondering if you align kind of with this too, which is, I mean, part of, when you talked about that, you, I, I thought of times in my life where I, I've, I felt stifled. Mm-hmm. I, felt, I felt like there's a certain part of me that I can't be where I am right now. Um, but you know, when I meet a certain person, a certain friend, they get me. And I can be fully who I am with this person. And so it's almost like you get, you get to spread your wings. Um, and... I mean, I, I felt, I, I very much felt that experience when I moved to SF. Um, I, I, I lived in LA before and it was just, I could just say, LA is not my city, SF is very much my city. Um, and, and yeah, as I meet more friends, I feel like I'm more able to uh, become myself, I guess. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if that resonates yeah. with you at all. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, <clears throat> a permutation of changing your environment or it's changing the people you're around which you know in a way is still kind of like environmental change as well Uh, and I think that is really important because if you're around um, friends or acquaintances who are also kind of in a position where they're stuck or not very very fluid I guess then you're going to feel kind of stuck too Uh, and at some point you might get that like big fish in a small pond kind of feeling and you want to escape uh, spread your wings, if you will, like going back to what you were saying. Um, and I think that's kind of where you'll find that you're able to grow, like out of those like places where you don't want to be, and you know, kind of get out of that uh, that situation. Because if you're surrounded by people who are like positive, forward-thinking um, enablers, actually, that's like really important to helping you get out of the rut that you may be in as, as well. Yeah, so when you talk about an environment, it's not 
just the physical space that you occupy. It's also the people and the community that you associate with at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, that has even probably even more of a bigger effect. Oh, yeah. Like the people you hang, I feel like the people that you hang out with have a very strong effect on the person that you kind of are or the things that you do. Like one of my, one of the biggest examples I can give uh, in recent memory is uh, if anyone has taken up smoking and quit smoking, you will know that when you're a smoker, a lot of your friends are also smokers. And when you try to quit, you notice just how many of them are smokers and just how hard it is to quit when everyone you know smokes and it's so hard to do anything with anyone um, and so you know it's a big you know, it's, it's one of those things it's it's a big effect on kind of like who you are but you know it's, you, you can easily like navigate away and back into yeah so we talk about changing of environment and you know maybe social structures you know but so again, kind of circling back to episode one, where I talked about how we have all this technology, yet we feel like we're so much more alone than ever. We feel even more disconnected. Um, do you? Th what do you? Th what are your thoughts about social media and its effect on our generation's mental health? Mm, I mean, it's, for me, I have very mixed feelings about it because. On one hand, there's a lot of positive that uh, that can come from it because then it's like um, if you like you if you like a person who like a certain thing, you can find another group of people who like that same thing on social media, and in that way, you know, you kind of like find a community of people like you. Um, but on the other hand, you know, the negativity is very numerous. Like you said, like people feel more disconnected, they feel more isolated, and it's just like. You know, people can be very toxic online. Like, if you just go on Twitter, it gets toxic really quickly, and it's just like I can't look. I can't stay on it for too long before I just kind of hate myself and the world entirely. <laughs> you know? So I just I know, so I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of in the beginning. I used to say there's a lot of perks of social media, but I don't know. I feel like as social media kind of grew and developed, it's, I don't know the negative something to sometimes seems to outweigh the positive sometimes. So uh, I have very mixed feelings about it. Yeah, there's a lot of power in social media and that can go both ways. It's like a double-edged sword because like you mentioned, you can find a lot of like-minded individuals which can help in, in some situations. Uh, you can get like help for things that you're working on. Um, but also I know one big problem nowadays is actually in like, uh, I think it's like in high school, middle school kind of uh, generation. It's because they're constantly seeking validation and like how quickly you can receive that kind of validation from likes, upvotes, retweets and all that is just like lightning fast. And you know, kids even, I don't even want to just say kids, just people these days who use social media are always chasing after that like validation of like, look how cool my life is, I want to share it with you. And it's like, look how much better my life is than X person. And then that leads to a lot of stress and anxiety too. It's like, why do these people not like what I'm doing or don't like me as a person or like how I look, et cetera. It'll, and usually it only takes like one toxic comment or some kind of like a little bit of racism or whatever to just ruin someone's entire day. And this is something I know a lot of like streamers and social media personalities talk about. It's like, how do you cope with those people out there who are, who's only, 
uh, enjoyment or fulfillment that they find is to make someone else miserable, right? Like, it gets to you. Like, you can have a hundred people that love you, but that one person, uh, they make you doubt. And that's the most important thing to understand is like, that doubt is what they're trying to seed inside you and get you to feel bad. Um, so I, I think this problem is not, is gonna get a lot worse than or before it gets better. Uh, sorry, I put the not in there, that was confusing. But it, it is going to get a lot worse before it gets better because it's still pretty new. Uh, and we're really trying to identify like who this happens to and what resources there are to like deal with it. Yeah, I was talking to my niece maybe a couple years ago. She's in, she's just she's going into high school now, but she was in junior high, and she mentioned that you know kids are buying likes. They're buying you know these you know they're trying to gain clout because that's how they're ranked now in the social structures of like being a kid now. It's kind of crazy to me that potentially bullying. Before, back in our day, bullying was like confined to the school, but now it comes back and follows you at home. It's like yeah. it pervades your your whole life. So yeah. social media really took bullying to a whole new level. Yeah, it really did. Like I don't know how I would be be able to deal with that if social media was you know doing all times. You know, got oof. Yeah, it's everywhere you go. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just like too much access and like way too much information. You know, we're like overwhelmed by, by, by it all. Yeah, like, so, yeah, on the topic of, like, social media being a kind of double-edged sword, uh, this kind of came to mind a bit a moment ago, but I find it interesting how disproportionate uh, it is between real life and social media to both make and maintain friends. And it's kind of, it's, it's double-edged sword in the sense that you know, social media allows us to be able to interact with many friends, regardless of, you know, what our schedule and time is like. But on the, and, and you know, because in the real world, you have to schedule slots for your friends to, to do things. You got to figure out, like, you know, what's a good time for each other. Does it match up? But on social media, you can just, like, you know, slap a meme on your friend's wall. Oh, yeah. You know, just <laughs> You know, slip a slip a quick doge into their DMs. <laughs> um, but on on the on the con side, like I was saying, like uh, it makes it kind of it, it it's also makes social media makes keeping and maintaining a relationship seem much simpler than it actually is. Like a relationship needs to be fostered. It takes time. It takes you actually like dedicating, you know, taking some of your time to give to each other, which. Um, you know, you, you don't really have that with social media, um, and I, I feel like that's where people can have a potential disconnect between uh, their perception of their friends on social media and their perception of how they are like outside. Yeah, I'm actually. I remember reading this article like a while back of how like kids growing up in the social media age, they were exp they were experiencing like more anxiety and like depression because so much of their social interaction is through like a screen or through like an app. They're not actually like interacting with the other person like mm -hmm. in front of them. So they're not picking up on like, you know, body language or like tones or any of that. And so like when they like go out into the real world, they'll, 
don't know what to do and so they start like you know panicking mm-hmm. you know and I think that's yeah so it's kind of like uh, yeah it's the thing with social media sometimes it helps but can also hurt you mm-hmm. at the same time so it's kind of you know it's kind of weird yeah. it's very strange yeah I mean that's why I wanted to do this podcast because you know I was analyzing my daily interactions with everybody via social media and it's very much the same over and over again. We de- like I would not have been able to talk about this stuff normally on a day-to-day via social media, but I'm also doing it for clout levels. <laughs> like me, subscribe me, hit me. I'm just playing. Bear, 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 smash that <laughs> like button. <laughs> put, put, put. put. See, <laughs> the soundboard. I do. Uh, That's why you need to give me subscribers so I can make this a passive income. I can buy a soundboard. Help me. Oh. Anyways. So let's go to a Patreon. <laughs> We're not there. Oh, I should, I should do that. <laughs> Suck to be sponsored plug. <laughs> <laughs> but to your point about the idea that kids' uh, social skills are stunted, and this idea that social media plays this role that, you know, everybody puts on a face, everyone has a persona, as you, you know, and this idea that everybody's supposed to be happy and have super po- be super positive and have, you know, super amazing lives. But I feel when seeing that all the time, People now don't know how to deal with normal grief. Like, I'm, I'm, saying, I'm not saying, so I think depression, anxiety is on a spectrum. We know that, right? But things back in the day that normally people would be able to deal with healthily and like, for example, funerals, right? People would cry. They would go through the stages. But now, with, this, with the context of social media where you're supposed to always be happy, normal to, even those normal things that you should be able to normally deal with just feel like that much more dire and desperate right because they don't know that it's okay to go through grief and be sad so yeah it's very interesting yeah yeah i i i I like that you brought this up because um like so my 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 grandmother passed away earlier this year and one of the things i noticed that helped a lot was seeing us having time together as a family following like immediately after the funeral um and the day after you, and it kind of like I, you, you know you kind of notice where, whenever something bad happens, bad slash tragic whatever happens to a, a very close group, uh, what they do within the next like twenty four forty eight hours, kind of defines like what happens with that group moving forward, like um, you know, if you don't kind of come together again you start to kind of like, you, you don't diffuse that negative memory of that event from each other. And mm-hmm. so you kind of like are reminded of that each time if you kind of avoid each other when it happens. You carry that weight. You carry that weight. You're going to carry that weight, man. Um, kind of like a pack mentality. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and, and bringing it back to the topic of social media, that's, I feel like that's not something you can get as easily because it's so cheap to just say your condolences on social media. You know, when you lose somebody, it means a lot to see somebody come to the funeral because you're reminded that you still have someone else there. So what you're telling me is that a crying face emoji is not enough. It's not <laughs> enough. Maybe, you know, my condolences, crying face emoji, and then the sad crying Facebook like thing. 
Or beads, depending on you know which you know which which religion you swing. But yeah, it's kind of funny. I'm also I'm seeing a, like another trend in social media where you swing the other way. So there's the people that are super happy all the time, and but then you have this community which I feel like I'm a part of. I know you are sad boy for life. <laughs> um, you know that kind of wallow and kind of indulge and kind of celebrate being sad and you know, all that stuff. That's why we listen to Drake. That's why we, you know, we that's why it's so, that's why we have those memes about like, oh, I'm not gonna go out, you know, I'm just gonna net, stay home and watch Netflix and, you know, just be sad and, you know, I'm not gonna be, it's like, it's almost cool, you know? Cause yeah. it's like, it's so counter, it's like, it's, it's counterculture to be sad, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's also like, is it counterculture? Cause everyone's like, you know, like you said, like everyone's like, I'm stay blessed, I'm blessed, you know, prayer hand, six gods. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's, but it's also like, it's also not like realistic because people are very complex and complicated. So you can't, no one's happy all the time. You know, it's kind of like getting clouds, getting likes and you know, like all these influencers or like YouTubers that were trying to put on this persona trying to be like, Oh, happy and like helpful and stuff like that. But you know, everyone have their down moments, you know. And it's and I feel like I don't know why, but I feel like as a well, not now, but a couple of years ago, a lot of people were very focused on just trying to stay positive and stuff like that. But like I just said, it has shifted to the other side, and I think it's kind of probably is the reaction to it because whenever there's a push, there's gonna be another push back. But also, that's the more complete picture of. A person that sometimes they're happy, other times they're sad. You know, and I think being able to like acknowledge that you can be both and that you're human, you know, it's and I feel like it's a more healthier way of living, of learning to accept the the, the pros and the flaws and like learning to like move on from there instead of trying to be like, Oh, I'm always happy all the time, you know, because you know, I know when I see someone like that, I'm just like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> no compassion for those dudes? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's also good that as a society, we're trying to normalize sadness, too. You know? And I yeah, think it's good to move on from, like, believing that, like, or thinking that if somebody's sad, there's something wrong with them. You know, it's kind of just like, you know, being sad is like passing gas or taking a shit. Everyone does it. <laughs> <laughs> girls do, too? <laughs> Especially <Yeah>. girls. <laughs> I don't know, we're just five guys. <laughs> <laughs> what do we know? <laughs> yeah. We shit roses. <laughs> you heard it. You heard it here. Where you come from? Is that why roses really <laughs> smell like doo 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 doo? <laughs> uh, I almost thought it was a rose though. <laughs> Unsponsored plug, 103,000. Hit me up, podcast, buy the album. Yeah, yeah. We listen to Stankonia. But yeah, so I think now we kind of talked about the sources, kind of how it manifests. So now, how do you deal? What is it? I want to be able to like have people share like, what do you do when that hits? When the the depression, the depression hits, the anxiety, the stress. What do you do? How do you get out? Or is there anything you can do? What is it? What's the strategy? started this with my strategy so but the other strategy is take a nap 
I'm just mm-hmm. kidding. That's not a real strategy. No, I heard <laughs> taking a nap is good. Helps sometimes. Yeah, yeah but the does. problem is like it's like sleeping away your high. What? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I can definitely say that like if you spend too much time taking naps and sleeping through everything, it's actually worse for uh, depression because you mess up your sleep cycle and having like a normal like day night cycle is much healthier for your brain. Uh, so if you just like are asleep for 16 hours a day, you're just gonna feel even more sad because you're not gonna have like daylight. Um, yeah. So don't get up too much. Yeah, just sleep, sleep don't sleep, sleep too much. Yeah, yeah sleep, but don't sleep yeah. too much. Yeah, just True. you know, just stare out the window at 3 a.m. in the morning and just. Sad boy over here. I don't know if this is necessarily like a direct. Uh, approach to like how to deal when you know mental health is like knocking at your door and it's not good but uh, like having a so this is what I do is like I have a list of like six things that I could be doing to be productive right and it's like if I don't want to do item number one I'll move to item number two if I don't want to do that etc etc you just keep going down the list you get to the end you go back to the first thing <laughs> that way you at least have like options that are already preset for you to at least do something to take your mind off of you know just being sad or whatever it may be yeah yeah my strategy is kind of like that it's kind of just wait it out like if I can feel it coming and I know oh, I'm like in the middle of it the only thing I can do is it's kind of like when you eat like spicy food you can't there's really nothing you can do but just endure it until mm-hmm. you know spiciness is gone and so when, so whenever I feel like depressed, it's kind of like, I just have to like wait it out, you know, maybe like do something uh, that I like, like maybe like play a game that I haven't played in a long time. So in some ways I feel like I'm, there's progress though because I'm going through my backlog mm-hmm. or, you know, I sketch or I go to like, the gym. Working out actually helps a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah. It definitely helps build up some confidence, you know, in yourself, but also just acknowledging like, you know what, I'm sad. You know, and that's normal, that's fine, and acknowledging it, and then try to go off from there, it's like, just kind of moving on, you know? Because that's the one thing I tell myself, is that um, as long as I'm like moving forward, even if it's just a little bit, at least it's like a step forward, you know? Quick aside, so I saw your Instagram story yesterday, so you say that working out's a good way to deal with, you know, when you're dealing with some mental health issues. What happens when you're working out and listening to boys to men at the same time? Oh yeah, that was that was rude. No, does it negate it? Okay. Okay, so this is a story. So okay, so I'm. I'm it's a story. Ren listening to Drake. Okay, it's yeah. fine. So at that time, it was like really, really hot, and so like my apartment was like boiling. So. It, I went to the gym because it was much cooler though, and the thing is, I had Spotify on, and you know, I, I didn't want to like go on some random playlist and listen to songs I didn't want to hear. So I put on, so I made a playlist on Spotify with just like a whole bunch of songs I like from like the '90s and R&B, like '90s and 2000s, and so I was just like going through that, and uh, a lot of boys and men songs were like popping up, you know, like Actually, Four Seasons of Loneliness, uh, I'm Bending Knees, and. It was it was really real, like emptying myself up at the weights with the smooth vocal harmonies of like boys and men playing, <laughs> playing right in my ear. So I'm just like, this is like it's like 
dark chocolate ice cream is like so bitter but yet so refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, mean, I, like, like, I don't know why. I, lo- I love that description. Why? I love that description. Did you question at times where you're like, is this sweat or is it just my tears? <laughs> no one can tell. I mean, I was like, they can be both. Yeah, I was like, I don't know why. I feel, even, I feel much better now. Is it from the exercise or from the music? Oh, man. I'm not crying. My eyeballs are just sweaty today. I was getting ready for a squat. Don't let the river one dry, baby. Hydrate. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so that's what happened, but I I liked it. I liked it. I think that story got people out of depression. (laughs) (laughs) What about you? That's what I try to do. (laughs) Me. Uh, so one, th- so yeah, one thing that I've really, I don't know what this brought this about, but it's something that I've really uh, understood, figured out recently that, that helped a lot, which is don't stop, stop being hard on myself. Um, don't, don't double up on the pain, you know, because. You know, there there's probably a rational reason why I didn't do the thing that I was supposed I wanted to do today, right? Maybe I was maybe I actually needed to take a nap, right? And but not too long. Yeah, but not, <laughs> not too, too long. long. But if I if I take the nap, I wake up, and I'm like, damn, I should have done that. And then I add on top of that, what is wrong with you? Why didn't you do it? Then that's like twice the weight. Um, and so I, uh, I've made it a habit for myself to catch myself when I make that, when I have that thought, and I say, oh, well, that, uh, there's, there's probably a rational reason why I didn't do it. Um, there, that's in the past. What do I do now? And uh, that's really just to cut, cut the weight of a lot of things in my life in half because, I'm, because I, don't add, I don't add my own pain onto the things that have happened. So would you say that you're living less in your head and you're just taking things for what they are, being more compassionate for yourself because you know that these feelings are natural and you know they'll pass and not making yourself feel bad or wrong about them, feeling that way, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah I guess that's the way to put it. I, or that, that's right. It's, um, it's making sure you're viewing it objectively. Yeah. Like it's, that's it. That's that's what happened. Yeah. What now? Not adding any meaning to it. You're just like, this is what happened. It happened. Let's move on. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, this is actually something I have to tell myself once in a while, but it's like a, a lesson that I found that's been really, really good to me, is learning to let things go. You know, instead of like holding on to, you know, you know, to your problem. Sometimes you just have to, like you said, like cut it loose. You have to like let it go. Because it's a part of like this is like sometimes it's in your control, but sometimes it's also out of your control. You know, and I feel like when it's out of your control, it feels even worse because then you feel even more powerless. And it's one of those times where learning to let go becomes even more important. Because you know, once you let let it go, you know, you you free yourself from that burden. You know, and so you yeah. don't have to carry that weight. Yeah, you can just let go. Anything, Jesse? Uh, before I start, I want to advertise 
that anything over two hours is no longer a nap, it is officially asleep. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is my life mantra. <laughs> um, okay, so how do I do, how to deal with this? Uh, so for me, uh, like I mentioned earlier, uh, one of the first things is, you know, identifying it. You know, sometimes, you know, knowing is half the battle, you know? <laughs> like, freaking Jojo it. You know, you, you just gotta identify that this is what's wrong. And it, it, it did feel a lot better, you know, because I think a part of not, a part of like feeling down is the uncertainty of why you're down or why nothing has an impact. And so just knowing is a big thing. Um, like Alex also mentioned before and myself earlier, is like medication helps, you know, it definitely helps and we should normalize the idea of medication. Um, but don't become too reliant on it. Exactly. Don't become reliant on it naturally. But you know, it's you know sometimes people need it, and that's it. That's it. That's all it is. Um, that's all there is to it. One thing I think that helps is trying to recognize the signs of like when you're starting to feel it. Kind of like identifying when those voices are starting to put that, put those like thoughts into other people's heads, and then you gotta. And then I like to just kind of remind myself that I'm not them. And so everything I'm thinking is purely based on what I'm perceiving. Um, and I don't know if that's actually true or not. Um, another thing, so I said this yesterday half jokingly, but I'm actually kind of serious, but I blame myself after the problem gets solved. Because you blame, you're more harsh on yourself when the problem still exists. You're, you're angry because there's a problem. But when you solve the problem, it's okay to still blame yourself, but with the problem out of the way, you're more able to, kind of like James said, look more objectively at the issue. Kind of like, you know, how bad was it? You know, there was an issue, I solved it. How, how hard was it to solve it? How many people were affected by it? You know, you start to kind of think like, how much of an issue was it? Not too bad. Um, and also, you know, talking to people, it's a big thing. That's big. It is, it is huge. Uh, I can't stress this enough. Always just, you know, just kind of talk to people when you're feeling a little down. Have your confidants that are like social rank six and up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Persona reference, Persona 5, Royal coming out, PS4. Unsponsored. <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, I think those are some of the uh, main things I would say that I do to deal with it. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think, a big thing, too. I think we talk about a lot of stuff that we can do by ourselves, like, you know, by ourselves, right? But I think it's helpful the whole, if the whole idea is, like, feeling alone, by talking to somebody and sharing your troubles and your battles, inherently there, you are not alone now. Somebody's there with you, feeling those things like with you. They know, they're aware. And by, you know, and like we talked about, by having people become more aware, they can hold you accountable, they can check in on you. It's not just, it doesn't have to be you by yourself. Another thing too that I think one way I like to view when I'm in the thick of it is thinking about, I'm not sure if you're familiar with like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu or boxing or anything like that, any kind of grappling or wrestling. But there's this idea, like, when you're doing it. I don't do it myself, but, like, a friend was telling about who's the hell into it. So this, this concept of, like, you know, in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, it's called full guard, right? You're fully protected. You're on the ground. You're on your back, but you're 
the safest you can be. But if there's a point in time where, let's say, they get past your guard into something called half guard, you're not as protected, but you're still somewhat. So a lot of the difference between a good BJJ person and another and a good one, or bad one and a good one, is the person who gets caught in side guard or who gets past, they will struggle because they're caught up in the idea that they lost full guard. So if you're struggling and you're attached to the idea that you're that you lost it and you struggle, you don't you're not thinking correctly because you lost it. It's not it's no longer there, so you you're not thinking rationally. Whereas if you take it for what it is, oh, I'm in side guard now, what can I do to to help mitigate this situation? Because that's where you are now. You're not in full guard anymore. You're in this situation. So that's the kind of thing with mental health. Like, you could be good. Like, you know, you're great. Your, your mind's on full guard. You're like, this is great. But all of a sudden, something breaks you down, and you're like, oh, shit. I'm here now. And a lot of people usually go like, fuck, why am I not here? And try to deal with, like, try to get back there. When, in fact, you should be where you are now. Like, I'm sad right now. How do I deal with being sad? How do I deal with being here? Because you can deal with that, because that's what, that's what you are right now. And you can take the necessary actions to you know, write it out or whatever. So I think that's one thing you have to realize is like not being attached to always, when you hit, when you hit your downs, let, let them be, like you said, just keep it objective. Um, okay, well, well yeah, let's get, back, let's get to back to it. I think like we, we've talked about, you know, how to deal. I think, I think, you know, at that time, what time it is now, it's time for last call. Bah, 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 bah. All right, last call question of the day is I know we've been talking a lot about some heavy stuff, mm-hmm. mental health. So now my question for you guys is what gives you joy? Like what is it that makes you happy? You know? What makes you want to get up in the morning and just what makes you love life? It's so damn hot I have to get up in the morning, so <laughs> but I guess I don't know. Have to think about this one. Yeah. The rest of you can go ahead and think about it. This was pretty easy for me. Like for me it's just spending time with my friends. That's why I like like holding barbecues and going fishing and all that sort of stuff. And just like just having dinner, stuff like that. Uh yeah, like pretty much consistently works every time. Sixty percent of the time. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> Sex Panther? It's real. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can go next. Uh, if, you have, if you have anything, the key. Yeah, I was, uh, a funny inverse to Wilson's point is. Well, what brings me joy is actually not being around anyone. <laughs> uh, because I don't have to worry about, like, you know, if what I'm saying is bothering anyone or. You know, like any weird responsibilities. You know, I'm at home. I like I live at home with my parents. I love them. You know, and our grandma lives with us too. But you know, sometimes it's kind of nice to just not have to do things for anyone. You know, I'm always like my parents fill out their forms, do the hospital stuff, all that. Kind of nice to just get home, don't do anything, play games, drink a ton of beer. Um, Say a hundred view. I mean, a ton. It's not not done. Oh, okay. I was like, damn. It's been done before, I'm sure. It's like a hundred view. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I I I think I find joy in just the silence sometimes. Just be in 
getting away from the scene. That's good. It's like silence is golden, you mm-hmm. know. It's gonna get away from the noise. Yeah. Learning to be okay with being with just yourself. Hmm. That's cool. Yeah, I think for me, what brings me joy is my cats and my plants. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's also it's it's the it's already a foregone conclusion that Susan gives me joy, okay? <laughs> it doesn't have to be said. Unless you want it to be said, baby. <laughs> um, but I think it's, it's those three. Oh, but those three things, like co- common thread, is like you know, it's my ability to be able to care and support and nurture them, in a way. Uh, I don't know. That just the act of you know, think the act of acting outside of yourself, giving yourself, is a. Uh, like you providing value to something else is like a very therapeutic thing for me, I think. A very like a life affirming thing that, you know, that I'm not alone, but I'm also, you know, bringing joy and happiness to whoever else, not just myself. And it, but in turn, I get that as well. Um, and also just doing this podcast, right? Like we talked about before, it's like, I don't get to talk about this type of stuff with everybody normally. So like, it's really nice to be able to like, you know, share this type of stuff. Cause I had no idea like, like 90% of what this what went down today. So it's like, it's nice to, and refreshing to be able to know that about you guys. I'm honored. So I acknowledge you for that, for sharing that. But yeah. That's great. <laughs> Sponsored plug for the Oh no, you guys still gotta go. Alright. You know, it's especially as of late, man, I feel like I've become a uh, almost an adrenaline junkie. Uh, I like I like uh, I, I love the feeling of, of setting up a challenge for myself where I'm like right, have you chosen something that you can't do? And I'm just in this place of just like absolute uncertainty. I have no idea what's gonna happen. And then when it's done, when it's done, that to me, that, that feeling is just like joy. Um, Can you talk about one specific instance that I think you know what I'm alluding to? Uh, well, I mean, you can tell me what you're alluding to. I'm, I'm not sure. What oh, when, you're, when you scream <laughs> in random places? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Oh, so you're one of those guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely, absolutely. Um, hey, I'm on lunch break. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, it's man, it's, it's it's a uh, man. I, I I think I'm a um, I'm a uh, I I love getting information that no one else. This I'm putting this into words right now. I, I love I love getting information that no one else has, and then using it to create to create an understanding of the world. Uh, so you know, yes, it's, it is. It's out of the norm to do a scream in a in a subway, which I've I've done. But I feel like because I did it. I was able to get a different perspective on everything, and and then after that, so I feel like right after I do it, 
I'm in this in this uh, in a situation now where it's done, it's done, and now I have this information to really just play with, and uh, that's like that's the moment that I, I love, because I'm like I've I've mined it. Let's think about it now. And that's why I called this guy fearless, man. Like I can't. I don't know if I could deal with screaming in public and like just dealing with it and just living with it, right? Because you could like, you don't run away. Like if you look at, so on his Instagram, you can see it on his Instagram stories. I'll have all your socials if you want them shared in the podcast info description. But yeah, he just kind of sits there and just lets it and just lives it. And that's super awkward. But, you know, props to you, man. That's better man than I. I I'd run away and hide. <laughs> yeah. I, I can tell anyone. Yeah, I can tell you that it gets easier. Is easier, like yeah. I said. Well, I mean, if you if you saw, like, I have it on highlights. If you look at my first ones, man, I I can't even I can't even get it off. Like ah. <laughs> but then, but now I'm like, yeah, whatever, let's do it. I feel like that's a good sub subtext for the today's podcast. It gets easier. Ah, <laughs> yes, I like that. <laughs> Bringing it back around. I see what you did there. Was- no, me, um, it gives me joy. I don't know. I mean, kind of, I can break it down to like two things. Like one is like tangible. So it's like, uh, maybe I hear like a new song that that's like, I really, really like. So that will like, make me happy. Like even like good music can really like make the day a lot better. Um, but it's also like, I guess personal as well. Like what's giving me happiness right now. It's like, so I'm currently like job searching. At the moment, like I'm doing, like a, I'm a graphic designer for Outdoor, uh, so I've been doing like a lot of, like contract work, so you know jobs that last for like a couple of weeks to maybe a few months, but it's not like anything like permanent or full time. And um, well, because for, for a while I just didn't know what kind of designing I wanted to do, but like, but recently I kind of found this uh, this one potential like contract job, and it was very interesting to me, so I kind of. Looked kind of looked into it a bit more and I realized like, oh, I think I really, really like this. And then suddenly all these different components in my life that I, you know, that I enjoy doing somehow, I, I think I saw like the connection to that field and it's like, oh, I think I know what I want to do now. You know, I think I know what field I want to look, go deeper into. And so, and I'm making, so I guess it's like being lost for a moment to finally seeing a pathway is, I guess that's kind of what gives me joy right now. You know, it's like, like I know what I want to do, or at least I know what I want to head towards. So, yeah. That's beautiful, man. Oh, thank you. It's the beer talking. <laughs> <laughs> Sapporo, not sponsored yet. <laughs> So before we sign off, is there anything that you guys want to plug? You guys want to share? Last minute thoughts? Um, like Jesse said, it gets better. You know, like a lot of what I've been through is kind of just. Oh God, yeah. I had something in mind, but now I kind of just forgot it. But yeah, it, it gets better. Um, another thing is like, don't be afraid to ask for help. You know, I think there's a lot of stigma, like, when you're sad, you don't want to, like, talk to anyone for fear of, like, people look down on you. But it's, like, 
don't be afraid. And the thing is, when you start being afraid, you just you become fearless. You know, like James. You know, you stop worrying about what other people think, about what all the things you could do, like just brushing it off. So, yeah. Have faith in yourself. <laughs> and if you can't believe in yourself, believe in me. Who <laughs> believes in you? <laughs> you got this, we believe. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here. So. Alright, we out, you filthy animals. See you next time. Peace! Peace!